The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to uh, to get the show underway. Employment law is what we do. And uh, representing this morning, along with me, John Scholes, right out of our Ottawa office, Alex Luchaferro. Alex, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time this morning. You want to reach out to Alex? He's going to answer all of your questions this morning. He, of course, is part of Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the country. You can uh, you can check that for sure. By the way, you want to reach out through email this morning. That is an option. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website, always useful, always free and anonymous, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. A ton of employment law information on there as well. You want to use that even before you call Alex. Uh, Before or after the show, we will get to uh, COVID-19 workplace red flags here in just a bit. Possibly some emails if we have time between the calls. But Alex, we always start out, my brother, with the the week that was. How are you doing? That's right, John. Talking employment law, talking workplace rights for employees Mm -hmm. and for employers as well, it's been a, a busy, busy week for us yeah, uh, here in our uh, across our offices. Uh, uh, John, we keep you know, continue to help people with their workplace situations, solving problems, giving advice, helping people get the severance that they're owed. Uh, you know, the entire team, Lior, myself, we you know continue to speak with people on a daily basis. They've either heard this show, or they've been referred to us by a family member or a friend, or they've seen the TV show, uh, the Employment Law Show. Uh, you know, these people give us a call, John, because they're dealing with a problem at work. They're dealing with a difficult workplace situation. Maybe their boss is giving them a hard time. Maybe another employee is giving them a hard time, and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to respond to their employer, and they just need some help desperately. They want to know what their rights are. They want to know yeah. what their options are. And as you very well know, John, we've been doing this for quite some time now. This is what we do. We help people resolve their workplace problems. It's the bread and butter of our work. It's what we pride ourselves on. And what's great about our job, John, is that, you know what, for the most part, after people speak to us, they feel a heck of a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're able to resolve the, you know people's problems relatively easily. Employment law is you know hasn't changed because of COVID. The rules are pretty much set in stone. And so a lot of times we're able to guide people in the right direction, give them the advice and the direction that they need, and, uh, and solve their problems. And listen, even... Even in situations where we can't perfectly resolve people's problems, maybe the situation is a little more complicated than the ordinary, people are still grateful, John, that they, you know, they simply want to know what options they have, where they stand, where the strengths and weaknesses of their situations uh, are. And so, listen, if, if you're listening, listening to us right now, if you're dealing with a difficult situation at work, maybe you've been let go from your job and you've been offered a severance package, maybe your boss is telling you uh, that you need to do better and is kind of reprimanding you and warning you and maybe even threatening to terminate uh, you, or maybe you own a company, right? Maybe you're an employer and you're dealing with a difficult employee, you're dif- dealing with a difficult situation with one of your employees. Feel free to give us a call right now. This is an opportunity to speak with an employment lawyer uh, directly. Let's solve your problem. Let's try and alleviate some of those workplace concerns and workplace stresses. Now, John, uh, I know that was a bit of a long-winded introduction, but I wanted to get that (laughs) off my chest. Uh, You know, we always start the show with the week that was. It's an opportunity to talk about a... Uh, a couple of situations that I've dealt with personally over the past week. I, I'll probably just stick to one this week, and it's related to COVID, and it's related to a hot topic uh, over the past uh, year since COVID started, John, and that's temporary layoffs. 
We've been preaching, uh, you know, over the past year now and across the board, be very careful as an employee when you're being temporarily laid off. Temporary layoffs aren't necessarily legal in every scenario. Actually, for the most part, they're probably illegal. If you're not a unionized employee, if you're in the private sector and you're being laid off, chances are you don't have to accept that layoff. Chances are you can treat that layoff as a termination or you can try and force your employer to bring you back to work. And this is the, this is a, a story that I wanted to tell you about this morning. I spoke with, early, and this had just happened earlier this week, John, I spoke with a an elderly gentleman. He was in his early 70s, still working, good for him, still sprightly, still in great, you know, tip-top shape. He had been with the company for 30-plus years. This right. is a long-service employee. This guy has been with the same company basically his entire career in a kind of technical specialized role. I don't want to get into too, too much information, but in a kind of highly skilled role. And he worked throughout the pandemic. So he's been working up until January of this year, uh, John, and come Janu- come kind of the middle of January 2021, so just a few weeks ago, he's temporarily laid off. His employer tells him, we don't have that much work at this point in time. You've been working throughout COVID, but uh, you know we're going to send you home and temporarily lay you off now. And this gentleman wanted to know what his rights are. He wanted to know, are they allowed to temporarily lay me off? He obviously felt this was odd because the company had been through kind of the hardest part of COVID and come through pretty unscathed and doing quite well. And so he found it very odd that he was was being laid off at this time in January 2021. And so he called us. He wanted to know, what are my options here? What can I do about this situation? You know, I listened to the show. I know that temporary layoffs are kind of an issue. You know what are my options here? And I told him what his options are very clearly, John. And again, it's not it's not terribly complicated. An employee in that situation who has been laid off, who has been temporarily laid off, has never been laid off before in his career. His contract doesn't allow the company to lay him off, so he doesn't have anything contractually that's going to cause a problem here. And so I told him, you can either try and force a return back to work. You can say, hey, I don't agree with this layoff. I want to keep working, or you can. Pursue a severance package, yep. and as a seventy as a seventy year old with thirty plus years of service, your severance entitlements are going to be easily two years of pay, uh, which is generally speaking the, the the cap on severance. And he's going to cap out because with oh, that yeah. long service and of that age, you know he's definitely at the top end of the range of severance. And again, that is twenty four months. And surprisingly, John, this gentleman again in his seventies, thirty plus years of service, he said, "No, I want to go back to work." You know, I'm, I, I, I still value my career there. I still have plenty to give. I don't want to be temporarily laid off. He couldn't afford to be temporarily laid off. He had bills to pay just like we all do. And so he was wondering, uh, you know, I don't want to pursue severance. I actually want to try and force my return back to work. And so yeah. that's what we did, John. I reached out to the company. I said, the company has two options here. This employee doesn't agree with the temporary layoff, nor does he have to agree to it. This is an... This is a uh, an illegally imposed temporary layoff. Uh, so the company now has two options. You can either recall him back to work right away and pay him for the amount of time he was off for, yep. meaning pay for that period of time that he was actually laid off, uh, John, which is about a you know a month and a half, give or take. Pay him for that time. Recall him back to work right away. Promise that you're not going to temporarily lay him off again, and he'll come back to work. Or you can pay him his proper severance package, which is going to be in the range of 24 months. And the company actually decided to call him back to work. They said, okay, we get it. 
we messed up. Good. We're going to call this guy back to work. We'll pay him for the time he's been off. We'll agree not to lay him off again. And we'll pre- pretend this, this whole mess never happened. And that is exactly what this employee wanted, uh, John. And it speaks to the power of knowing your employment rights, knowing what the law uh, does and doesn't do for an employee in these kinds of situations, and what an employer's obligations are when it comes to temporary layoffs or when it comes to any employment situation for that matter. You need to know what your rights are. You need to know what you can force your employer to do, or perhaps on the other hand, what an employer is allowed to do or not allowed uh, to do. This employee wanted to return back to work. He wanted to uh, to basically force his way back to work and kind of undo the temporary layoff. And that's exactly what we were able to do for him. And the alternative, of course, wouldn't have been that bad either. John, it would have been a 24-month severance package. So again, it's uh, it's knowing the power of engaging an employment lawyer, knowing what your rights are, and having an employment lawyer act for you in resolving a workplace problem. I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too, too much, uh, uh, John, but it's the knowledge that's the power. It's knowing what your rights are. It's knowing what options you have that's the power. Uh, and, and you need to speak with an employment lawyer. The Ministry of Labor is not going to give you this kind of advice, uh, yeah. John. You need to speak with an employment lawyer in order to know where you stand when it comes to your workplace rights. Basically, you know, this guy's 70 and 30-plus year employee. Of course, he maxes out of the uh, 24 months. Would, would he be one of those cases, uh, the odd time that it, that it happens, that he gets enhanced severance because of his age, because of, you know, the 30-plus years? Could he go over 24 months by a, by a, by a hair? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, John, and you may very well be right. It's uh, it's exceptional. I mean, meaning yeah. these are exceptional cases. But you're right to say that uh, you know older employees, let's say I would say over 70 years old, and with 30 plus years of service, you know, if it's highly unlikely that they'll ever find a job like this again, and you'd have to say, you know, with all due respect, John given that person's age and given their years of service, it is highly unlikely that oh, yeah. they'd ever find a job like that. Again, you're right. The severance might actually be as you know as much as maybe 28 months or even 30 months. Wow. Uh, although I do have to say 24 months is usually the cap, yep. even for older employees sometimes. But you're right to say this may be one of those exceptional cases where maybe it's 26 months, maybe it's 28 months, maybe as high as, as 30 months. All we know that, listen, it's going to be significant – I think the employer in this case knew that, uh, uh, John, and that's why they were inclined to say, you know what, if the employee wants to be called back to work, that might be the better, uh, the the uh, more cost-effective option for the employer as well. And if the, if the employee is happy to go back to work, then it works for both uh, both sides. Great start, man. Alex Luchaferro is our guy this morning from the Ottawa office. He is uh, answering all of your calls. We'll get to COVID-19 workplace red flags when we return. In the meantime, help at employmentlawyer.ca through email. We'll return Saturday morning edition Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. On the Employment Law Show of COVID-19, workplace red flags. We'll give you some details on those as well. First, get to uh, to Rick. Hey, Rick, thanks for standing by. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. What's up? A quick question. I'm on disability from work right now, and we just had temporary layoffs. If those layoffs become permanent, do I stay on disability or do I get laid off with the rest of the guys at the plant? Great question. 
Yeah, and when you're referring to these uh, layoffs becoming permanent, Rick, do you mean that I mean the entire the entire staff, the entire company is going to be laid mm-hmm. off? Is this a, a closing yeah. of sorts? Yeah, the whole plant's been shut down, and it's we, we kind of knew it was coming for a while, but uh, mm-hmm. just shortage of work and everything. So I, I believe, yeah, everybody at the plant has been laid off. Yeah, fair, fair enough. And if that's the case, so if the reason why everyone's employment is being terminated is, let's say in your case, completely unrelated to your disability, right? So the plant is closing, everyone's being permanently let go, you would be let go as well because you're on disability. And the reason why is because the termination is completely unrelated to your disability leave. Okay. So, uh, you know, an employer is allowed to let an employee go who's on medical leave uh, of okay. absence. But as long as the reason for the termination is unrelated. So if a department closes or if an entire plant closes, like in your case, uh, you know, or if a position is uh, is abolished, and that's a bit of a, a more delicate situation, then there's nothing inherently wrong with that. You know, it's not discrimination simply because you're on medical leave. Now, right. what's important to note, though, Rick, is, uh, you know, you would be owed severance in a case like that. If, let's say if the plant closes, you'd still be owed severance like everyone else in that company. Are right. you a unionized group of employees no. or non-unionized? Non-union. Yeah, so you would be owed severance based on your age, position, years of service. And in your case, Rick, because you're still on a medical leave, your severance period actually may, might be bumped up quite a fair bit. Because if st- you're still medically unable to work, uh, right. then that might factor into the severance calculation, and you might be more, you it might be owed more severance than you would ordinarily uh, be ordered. Right. So if that does come to pass, Rick, if you are permanently let go, if you get a letter saying we're shutting the plant down, you're let go, you would still be owed severance. And it, and it's an important point, if I may, uh, Rick, to yeah. note for all our listeners out there. Just because a fat or a plant closes or a store closes, it doesn't mean that an employee is not owed severance. If the company goes bankrupt, that's a different story. A bankruptcy is a different, uh, different situation, and your severance entitlements might be next to nil in the case of a bankruptcy. But if it's just a plant closing and the company is still active, maybe even if it's not operating, it still exists, you're owed severance like any other employee. So don't forget that, Ricky, if that comes to pass I don't, uh, for I don't you. Think that, I don't think that there are things would happen. It's, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the company I work for. It's a rather large company. It's just one of the plants. They're shipping all the work that we, we exactly. did have for the next plant. So that's not going to happen. Um, how long are they, how long are temporary layoffs allowed to, uh, are they allowed to temporary lay off before you considered permanently, permanently laid off? Yeah, so like we were talking about at the top of the show and, and as we've been talking all year, the starting point, Rick, has to be temporary layoffs aren't necessarily legal to begin with. And right. so anyone who is temporarily laid off when, when this happened, uh, you know, you have to investigate whether that is legitimate in your case or not. Okay. Now, again, the fact that you're on medical leave is, a, is different for you, okay. right? So, I mean, whether this is a temporary layoff or a medical leave of absence, you'd have to be off anyway. So perhaps you, could, you specifically can let that lie. But for anyone else, at the start of the layoff, you have to investigate whether it's legit or not. Okay. At, the, at this moment in time, Rick, if you've accepted the layoff, these layoffs are being called infectious disease emergency leaves. And actually, we don't really have an end date for these layoffs or for these emergency uh, for these emergency leaves. They can okay. potentially last as long uh, as another year or so. I mean, into 2022, uh, the government has continued to extend these emergency 
uh, leaves. And that's why it's so important to know whether you should be accepting these layoffs or not. If you accept it, you may be accepting it for a very, very long time. So that's probably why Human Resources Head Office used the excuse we're closing down because of COVID. Yeah, I mean, especially this specific plant. If they were planning to close it anyways, it might have been in their best interest to just lay everybody uh, off anyways and kind of use COVID as the excuse. We've certainly seen that before. But listen, you know, it depends on your specific industry. It depends. Initially, it depended on whether this was essential or not. That's less the case now. I would say for, you know, any of your colleagues that are in that situation and they've been on temporary layoffs and they're not on medical leave, you know, give us a call. Let's have a chat. Let's figure out, you know, what the best option is for you specifically in your circumstances. And then at least you can make an informed decision as to what you want to do. Maybe you want to accept the layoff, right? But you at least should know whether that's the best option for you. All right. I'm going to give your number to a couple of the guys that work. And I'm sure a couple of them will get in touch with you. I will keep your number in case I need your service. Sounds good, Rick. Awesome, Rick. Appreciate that. And uh, just in case, I'll give it out. Uh, give it out again. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer dot ca or simply go to employmentlawyer.ca, ca. The uh, the website anytime you prefer. In the meantime, COVID nineteen workplace red flag. Um, that phone call actually dovetails nicely into the first point, and that is your employer brought you back from a temporary layoff but they've asked you to sign a contract. Yeah, that, that's right, John. And, and we are seeing this lots now into 2021 with uh, you know those employees that have decided to accept the temporary layoff. Some of those employees are now being called back to work. And you know it's interesting. Some of them are being brought back to different positions. Some of them are being asked to sign updated employment contracts. Uh, you know, they're not just necessarily seamlessly going back into the same uh, terms of employment that they left, and that is a problem, John. And whenever an employee is receiving an employment contract, kind of mid-employment, whether it's a revised offer letter or an employment agreement or an employment contract or a workplace manual, whatever label you want to put on it, uh, uh, John, if you're being presented new terms of employment, uh, you know, in you know, upon return from a temporary layoff or in the middle of your employment, whatever the scenario is, that should be a red flag for an employer. And the reason why is because the only reason an employer is introducing new contracts or introducing a new workplace manual or something along those lines is because it's going to benefit the employer, not the employee. Chances are, if you're based with a new employment contract as an employee coming back from from a temporary layoff, there are going to be a bunch of terms in that contract now that want that protect the employer and that minimize your rights and your options as an employee. One of them is probably going to be termination language. If you're being faced with an employment contract, and actually you can speak about we can speak about employment contracts generally here, whether it's that at the start of an employment relationship or again coming back from a you know temporary layoff or anything like that. Uh, New employment contracts are likely, almost certainly, I would say, going to have language in them that limits an employee's severance entitlements. It'll be very sneaky language. It'll be kind of very legalese. You might barely understand what it even means. There might be reference to the Employment Standards Act or reference to some sort of formula of, you know, a week per year of service or two weeks per year of service. That's, again, kind of barely intelligible, uh, John, but it may very well effectively limit and cap your severance entitlements. And if you wouldn't have signed that contract, 
you would have been owed your full severance entitlements like any other employee. And the lesson here, John, is, again, this has to be a red flag. You don't necessarily have to sign an employment contract when you're coming back from a temporary layoff or from a medical leave or at any other point during your employment. If you're being offered employment or or a contract mid-employment and the terms of the contract are kind of very different than what your current terms are, you can actually say no as an employee. You can say, no, thank you, employer. I'd rather continue my employment on the same terms I currently have. Even if that's not written, even if these are implied terms of employment, you can tell your employer, I'm not signing this new contract. I'd much rather just get back to work on the same terms I currently have. And your employer then has a decision to make. Either they're going to try and force that contract on you and force you to sign it, in which case you have protection still, or they'll just have to concede and say, okay, fine, I guess we'll, we'll allow you to continue working without this, without this contract. Right. And, yeah. and if your employer forces you to sign the or, or is forcing you or trying to force you to sign the contract, that may be a constructive dismissal. You might be allowed to say, no, I'm not signing the contract. And if you're going to if you're going to say that I'm quitting because I don't sign or if you're going to not allow me to come to work if I don't sign, that's a termination and I'm owed my full severance entitlements. I'm not owed what's in your contract. So, again, employees have protections in these kinds of situations. Be careful if you're being asked to sign a contract. Be careful if you're being asked to change the terms of your employment in a significant way. To be honest, whether you're coming back from a temporary layoff or at any other point during your employment, that should be a red flag. We are talking about COVID-19 workplace red flags. Another one here is a big no-no. Your employer is cutting your pay, and they're using the excuse of, you know, due to COVID-19. Yeah, and and again, another thing that we've seen lots – uh, during these, uh, you know, during these COVID times and over the past year, uh, 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 John, and again, e- you know, every situation is kind of fact specific. Uh, you know, we don't want to generalize too, too much because we risk then uh, losing the nuance of a given situation. Yeah, yeah, sometimes right. it might be, you know, sometimes a, a, a pay cut might be uh, the least worst option, shall we say, in terms <laughs> of maybe continuing your employment but you want to, you know, if you're going to be accepting any kind of pay change, you want to do it very carefully. You want to spell out that it's, you know, because of COVID, that it's a one-time thing only, that it's maybe very limited in time. But what I will say, generally speaking, is, an, again, similar to temporary layoffs, an employer doesn't have the right to change your pay, especially your pay, in a significant way, even if it is related to COVID. We've seen lots of employers try and reduce somebody's salary by 20%, 25%. Even 30% sometimes, and that is very obviously, very clearly, the law is crystal clear on this, John, it's very Mm -hmm. clearly a constructive dismissal, meaning that in and of itself, that pay change, is a termination. An employee can treat an employer forcing that pay change on an employee as a termination, and that, that employee would then be allowed to seek their severance entitlements based on their full pay, not the reduced pay. And that, in a lot of situations, John, might actually be the preferred option, Yep. right? Sometimes the writing is on the wall with an employer. It wouldn't make sense to stick it out on a reduced pay, even if they're offering to, you know, even if they're offering to make it up somehow further down the, the, the road. Sometimes you want to draw that line in the sand with an employer and say, no, if you're going to impose this pay change, I'm treating this as a termination and you owe me my full severance entitlements. And again, we're back to the situation where, you know, either the company then has to offer you reasonable severance 
Or they might even just back down. As yeah. we saw in the week yeah. that was situation, the company might just back down and say, you know what, we get it, we'll keep you on your full pay. That's happened as well, uh, John. But if you know, if you don't draw that line in the sand, if you don't stand up for your rights, that a pay cut can be a constructive dismissal, that a pay cut can give you severance entitlements and severance rights, then you'll never get to that point where an employer potentially backs down. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. You can always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. And we'll continue with our chat about COVID-19 and workplace red flags you need to be looking out for. That's coming up after the break. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Calls always top priority. Susie, thank you for standing by. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Great. What's on your mind? Um, so I just want to inquire about uh, my employer. Um, I've been with him for 10 years and then I got sick with COVID. And I've been off for a month. I just want to know, like, if I go back, I want to go back part-time. Um, what happens What happens then? Like, because I have a full-time job. And if I go back part-time for a bit, can he say he doesn't want me to be part-time? And... Can he make me resign? Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, uh, Susie. And so, if I understand correctly, um, the, the going back part time is not kind of related to uh, the medical condition or related to the fact that you were on, you know, you had COVID and maybe need some time to get back up to speed. It's because you you now have another full time job, and that's a new development. No. Um... I just don't feel well and okay yeah yeah that that that, that makes perfect sense that makes perfect sense Susie so and, and, and you know I, I always you know I, I always have a little chuckle because this is you know this is what I do all day every day uh, uh, Susie I always have a little chuckle at these situations because you know I, I I really can't understand why an employer would try and give an employee a hard time in this kind of situation. COVID-19, like any other disability or illness, um, requires accommodation. So, uh, and and that's fine. I mean, obviously, if it's been a month since you have COVID, you know, you're you're past the period where you can transmit the disease. You're now COVID-free. You you know, there are no concerns there. You've quarantined, etc., etc. But if you're still not fully fit, if you're still not fully healthy and able to work full-time, your employer has to accommodate something like that. And so if it means that you can only start going back to work part-time, that's okay. And that has to be allowed. But here's the catch, Susie. It's not just you that has to say that. It's not just you saying, well, I can only come back to work part-time. You need a doctor to say that. You need a doctor's note that says, Susie's ready to return to work, but she can only return to work a maximum of 20 hours a week or whatever the number is, you know. Uh, four hours a day, you you know, whatever the actual breakdown looks like, you need your doctor's support uh, and you need a doctor's note to hand to your employer and say, I'm ready to come back, 
here's my, you know, here's what the return to work looks like, at least for the foreseeable future, maybe for the next week or two weeks or three weeks. And an employer has to accommodate you there, Susie. An employer cannot say, no, that's not good enough. I need you full time. Or no, if you know, if, if you can only work from uh, from home, that's not good enough. I need you to come into the office. Those accommodations have to be respected by an employer. They cannot just kind of willy-nilly say, that's not good enough for me. I'm not going to have you. Written. Makes sense. Got it. Yep. I also live with my elderly parents, and um, I also have to, like, just take care of them, too. And, like, their immune system is not great, so... Uh, like where you is this a job where you have to work in in the space? Is it you know retail or is it an office job where you have to be in or were you able to work from home prior to prior to you getting COVID and your medical leave? Sorry, I, I didn't hear that. You're cutting out. Do you, do you, you go into the workplace, Susie, or do you work from home? Uh, I have to go into work. Okay, well, again, this is this is an accommodation. So if you are able to work from home, or it doesn't even have to be work from home, really. If you, you know, if you have to go into the workplace, but you have to be accommodated because either you're susceptible, uh, you know, uh, you're kind of in a sensitive state when it comes to COVID-19, etc., then maybe some accommodations can be put uh, put into the workplace where, you know, you have your own space or you have limited interaction with uh, with others, that accommodation, however, Susie, doesn't necessarily apply to your parents, for example. So your employer doesn't have to accommodate your parents' medical needs and and kind of specific circumstances. It only applies to you as an employee. So unfortunately, using your parents as as kind of the reason why you can't go into the workplace probably won't be as effective, at least legally speaking. I hope that you have a good enough employer and a kind of reasonable enough employer that maybe they can work with you uh, to resolve the situation somehow, some way. I think there are probably plenty of ways in which that kind of situation can be resolved. Again, social distancing within workplaces, etc. But legally speaking, your parents don't have that protection. It would only apply if you needed the accommodations yourself. Even if I live with them? Even if you live with them, yes, unfortunately. So what can happen, like, if if I can only do part-time and he's not happy about that, can he... You need your, do- you need your doctor to confirm that. So you need your doctor to get a note saying she's able to return back to work, but only part-time for the next two weeks, or again, whatever the period is. And if And if your employer tells you, no, I'm not accommodating that, either come back full-time or stay home, uh, then actually give us a call, Susie. That's probably a termination. It's also a failure to accommodate, meaning it might be a human rights violation. And and so you might have kind of a two-pronged attack there where, where because your employer didn't allow you to return back to work part-time, A, that's a termination. You're now owed severance based on your 10 years of employment, which is going to be significant. And B... They've actually breached, the company that is, have actually breached their obligations uh, under the Human Rights Code because they haven't accommodated your medical disability. And so you may be owed damages for that reason as well. So if that comes to pass, 
absolutely give us a call. You may even want to give us a call right now, Susie. Let's speak off air. Let's develop a game plan as to you know what your next steps should be and how to handle the situation. Uh, and if your employer doesn't comply with its legal obligations, they are going to be in big trouble, and you may be owed a fair amount, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars most likely, mm. as both severance and damages for human. Susie, we're going to let you go there. Appreciate your time and the phone call this morning. We'll uh, we'll take a short break. We'll continue Employment Law Show after break. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're talking about COVID-19. That is the focus. Workplace red flags when dealing with COVID-19. The next one is this. I know you've heard this quite a bit over the last uh, 50 weeks or so. Alex, and, uh, or at least a little later on when COVID really got going, that is your employer is cutting staff and then giving you all of their workload. Thanks, boss. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're absolutely right, John, and and we are seeing that, uh, you know, lots in the workplace now, and I think it's a, you know, it, it's uh, an example of what the, you know, the impact that the economy is having uh, on employers. A lot of employers are trying to cut costs, restructure their departments, and what that means for those employees that aren't being let go, that aren't being temporarily laid off, it means that those employees that are still working are seeing, you know, uh, them taking on greater duties and responsibilities, maybe maybe even handling two posts. You know, I've heard uh, lots of stories of, you know, now the receptionist is actually uh, having to deal with the other administrative tasks that another administrative uh, a clerk was handling. We could think of lots of examples in the workplace like that. And, you know, this is along the same lines of the other topics that we have been talking about today, John. And there is a theme developing here through the show, you know, we were initially talking about temporary layoffs and how a temporary layoff is likely illegal. It's a significant enough yep. change to your terms of employment that you can treat that as a termination. Same thing with introducing an employment contract. If an employer introduces an employment contract that vastly changes your terms of employment, guess what? That's illegal. That's a constructive dismissal. You can treat that as a termination. The same thing applies, John, to your duties and your job responsibilities and your position within the workplace. If an employer is changing your position in a significant way, it could be by, you know, doubling up on your job duties and adding a bunch of responsibilities. And it could be the opposite, right? Maybe an employer is taking away job responsibilities from you. Maybe right. you feel like you're, that your employer is asking you to change position and you're being demoted, right? Any significant change to the terms of your employment whether it's your position, your pay, temporary layoffs, an employment contract, any significant or substantial change is going to trigger what we call this constructive dismissal. Uh, and a constructive dismissal is when an employer is basically breaching your employment contract. And again, it right. doesn't have to be a written contract. These can just be the implied terms of your employment. You've come into the workplace day in and day out, done the same thing for the past year or five years or 10 years or 20 years, and now all of a sudden your employer is changing that in a big way, that's going to give you protections and rights as an employee. And the same thing applies to your position. If, you're, if your position within the workplace is changing in a significant way, either you're getting a lot more work done or, or, or presented to you or, or uh, you know, assigned to you, 
or it's the opposite and you're getting demoted or you're, you have no work left to do, that is going to be a constructive dismissal. You either are owed severance entitlements in a case like that, severance based on your age, position, or years and years of service, or you have the right to say no to your employer and for them to back off and say, fine, we're not going to change your position or fine, we're not going to change uh, you know, your pay, for example. So keep that in mind for employees. A significant change to the terms of your employment uh, is potentially a constructive dismissal. Don't accept it. Speak with an employment lawyer if something that is, like that is happening to you. You have rights, you have options, and you need to explore those and make sure you're making the right decision when you respond to your employer and when you respond to those changes. How about this one, Alex? Your, your contract, because of COVID-19, isn't being renewed because of a slowdown in business. How do you handle that one? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, contracts not being reviewed, uh, renewed rather speak to two different kinds of situations. If you're kind of on contract, quote-unquote, John, you're either going to be considered uh, an independent contractor. So if you're an independent contractor and you're kind of going you know, contract to contract uh, year to year – and you work for you know you work for one entity you know you you do yep. work even as a contractor right you might even provide them invoices and maybe you're a, you have a sole proprietorship that that you know you're you're uh, that you're kind of operating uh, but if you work for the same entity at and your pay is kind of at a regular uh, rate and they dictate what you do and you know they provide the equipment whether it's the office space or the tools whatever it may be. Listen, I, I don't care if you're contract to contract and I don't care if the company calls you an independent contractor. You're an employee and you have the same darn rights that any other employee is going to have in that uh, situation. And that applies as well to something like constructive dismissal. It applies as well to the terms of your employment not being changed in a significant way. And it also applies, John, to severance. So if you're, you know, mm -hmm. as an independent contractor, quote unquote, if your contract is not renewed, you know, that's not just a business to business deal. That's a termination, right? And you're going to be owed severance in a case like that, like any other uh, employee, not just based on your one last contract, based on the full period of time that you spent with that company, your full period uh, of employment. And for that matter, John, the same thing applies to employees as well. If you're still called an employee, but you're kind of on contract, you, you kind of sign an updated contract year to year, your employer might be thinking of you as a kind of year to year, year, to -year yeah. employee. They might not be counting your full years of service when it comes to severance, and it has to. If you're a year to year employee where you sign a contract every year, you're not a one year employee if you're let go. You're as long as you've actually been with that company across the full spectrum of contracts that you've signed and you're owed severance accordingly. So a lot of times this, you know, contract being renewed business is a red herring. It's a kind of false flag that that where an employer is trying to limit your severance entitlements by either saying you're an independent contractor or by saying, well, you're a con you're year to year, so you're only a one year employee when we let you go. Nonsense. If you're an independent contractor, you're, you're almost certainly uh, an employee and you're owed severance in a case like that you might even be owed severance john as a dependent contractor which is you know a, a subject we talk about from time to time on the show and if you're an employee that's on a year-to-year -year contract you're definitely owed severance based on your full period of an employment not just that last contract you signed what's the uh, what's the threshold for his, his contracts as far as how many you signed before it's just not you know what two or three after that is just kind of a yeah silly point at that point yeah yeah i think you're right john i think i think after you sign i think if you sign one contract 
listen, you're agreeing to a fixed term that's a year. I think as soon as you sign that second contract, you know what? You're an indefinite employee at that point in time because you've been given the certainty of being offered a second contract and that then kind of shifts into indefinite employment rather than employment for a fixed term. So as soon as you're signing that second or third contract, you're going to become an indefinite employee and you're owed severance based on that full year, full period of service rather than whatever your last contract says. Some good stuff right there. Alex Luchaferro from our Ottawa office taking the reins and uh, and doing the good work. So you want to reach out to Alex or Lior or another member of their crew, you can do that anytime now that we're done for today. Here's how uh, here's how you reach out. If you didn't know, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Just the website, employmentlawyer.ca, will send you or at least show you some links to our long-running TV show. And then finally, it's like having Alex with you at all times, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, free and anonymous, and you can use that any time as well. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.